certainly got a taste of what the Tony Evers era is going to be about with his State of the State Address Tuesday night before a joint session of the legislature. Today we're honored to be joined by Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald, Republican from Juneau, for a little reaction and a little conversation about uh, where everything goes from here. Good morning, sir. Thank you for being on MacGyver Newsmakers. You bet. Good to be with you guys. Yep. Uh, interesting speech. I laid it out in a piece that I'd written for MacGyver last night. The bipartisanship, the compromise talk. Right. Seemed right. to go by the wayside with uh, many of the elements in the speech, uh, clearly rejecting a number of uh, common ground sorts of uh, legislation that Republicans had already put out. What, did you, what right. was your overall take of uh, Governor Evers' first State of the State address? Um, I, I was underwhelmed, and I don't say that kind of, um, you know, because I was expecting more. I think I say that because there seems to be this continued theme of, boy, there's all this stuff that's just pent up uh, since Governor Walker was in office, and suddenly we're going to be able to correct all that. And it's I, I'm getting tired of that theme, I think, uh, in that – you know, pretty pretty hard for me to sit there and, and keep a straight face with the with the governor saying it's time for us to fix the economy here in Wisconsin. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, bill after bill, um, the work that we did, uh, the Republican legislature with Governor Walker, um, we did correct the ship and put everything back on track here, and, and uh, we're in great shape. I look around the Midwest and around the, the entire nation, and you hear these horror stories about underfunded pensions and budgets that have kind of run amok, and you look at where we're at and, and have some very conscientious legislators that continually pound the idea of let's keep keep our eyes on the figures, keep our eyes on the checkbook, and make sure that everything is in balance. And uh, and even to the extent, uh, you know, which is kind of um, un uh, not only, I think, undone on a regular basis, this whole idea of projected deficits. Uh, you know, um, may rest in peace, Mike Ellis, Senator Ellis, and, uh, you know, Senator Coles, Rob Coles, they're constantly looking at, you know, what what are those projected numbers that are going to be needed in the state four years, eight years down the road. And they kind of remind the rest of us, they did, certainly Mike did, and, and now Rob does now, uh, as he has in the past, that, uh, you know, don't get out over your skis and, and make sure that you've got kind of those fiscal numbers in the right order. And we've done a great job of that over the last eight years. And... Uh, that, that's missing in the Tony Evers message right now. It's kind of like, you know, he spent a lot of money last night in that speech. And and in places where it was really almost, I, you know, I kind of did a double take. The one was that really stood out was um, $600 million in special education. Right. I mean, $600 million, I mean, that would be the projection for what the overall increase in funding for K-12 would be throughout the state, not just in special ed. That's what you did. You had a record, uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but you had a record uh, number 
uh, amount of money that was pumped into the K-12 education system last year, that was $639 million over two years. Exactly. And, and, and uh, you know, the other thing is I kind of grin when for the last eight years we've been battling with the Democrats to try and find ways of getting more money into special ed, uh, both in the public schools and actually through the choice program. Mm-hmm. And they fought us tooth and nail, um, you know, each inch that we kind of moved on that. And suddenly there's this, uh, you know, watershed of dollars being moved into that area. So it's questions like that that I think the Finance Committee will have to work through. And we'll see, um, we'll see exactly where we land. But the, the whole idea, the other thing that's frustrating, I think, is the idea that he continues to come out and say that the legislature should work off of his budget. Well, it doesn't matter if it's Governor Walker or Governor Evers. I mean, we build a budget the way we built a budget around here forever, and that is that the Finance Committee starts from base, and then those increases are adjusted based on the amount of revenue that the legislature wants to appropriate. So, um, you know, it's it's not we're not into new territory here. Uh, this is something, and I and I think it's it served us very well, and I think. That's certainly where we're moving right now. Talking with Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. It is interesting to me that there was so much gnashing of teeth when uh, Republicans suggested early on that, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll look at the base. They'll start with the base. The Joint Finance Committee, as it has always done, will build from there. They'll take a look at the governor's budget, incorporate the ideas that certainly work, that move uh, the goals of the Republican-controlled legislature along. I don't know why there was all of this surprise and shock from folks in the mainstream media, especially those who have covered this issue for so long, you did the same thing, as you said, with with Governor Walker's uh, proposals for the last eight years. I think the big test will be whether or not Governor Evers brings in the Medicaid dollars Mm -hmm. because he knows that the Republican legislature it does not believe in the idea that the state should fully expand to another 70-some thousand individuals, um, you know, Medicaid. It's just not something that we could get through either caucus, let alone what, you know, Speaker Voss's thoughts are or my thoughts or where leadership is at. You're not going to get it through either one of those caucuses, and that's a reality. So as a result of that, uh, if he rolls out a budget – at the end of February that includes those dollars and says, let's go ahead and balance it. Um, you know, we know that, that this, is, um, this is not going to work. This process is not going to work, a back and forth with Governor Evers. He's going to end up with a budget kind of laid in his lap then that certainly has uh, a very powerful veto pen on. But, um, you know, anything that he vetoes, and, and God forbid he vetoes the entire thing, I think there's going to be a long standoff that's going to uh, result in in uh, the state not having a budget uh, by the 4th of July. Mm, very interesting. Well, as we know here, it's not a shutdown situation like we have in the federal government. Life goes on. It just right. The, right. You know, the current budget levels. It just goes into July 1st. So right. everything will be operational. You won't have the sort of you know, constant, nonstop political messaging. I'm sure you'll have enough of it coming out. This is a right. this is a governor. I think uh, last night in, in Tuesday's night's uh, state of the the state address really did put some lines in the sand. I think Republicans, both in the Senate and the Assembly, have tried to avoid that. 
Uh, I don't think you've had too many uh, you know, lines that you can't cross. Medicaid is one of them, and he, in that speech last night, definitely jumped over that line. Yeah, I, you know, the other, obviously, K-12 education, how much revenue is put in there, like we just mentioned, and then the other will be transportation, which is kind of the wild card right now. Um, interested, I'll be interested to see how he handles that, where he, um, where he works through his uh, increases in revenue related to the, to the segregated fund, which is the transportation yeah. fund, and, um, and then we'll have to react to that. So I truly believe that that's probably one of those areas where there'll be a lot of discussion, and there will be some back and forth between the houses on, uh, you know, what do you do with transportation this time around. Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald, Republican Juno, joining us on uh, MacGyver Newsmakers this morning. Let's uh, deal with something that the Senate specifically will deal with and in short order, and that's the confirmation process for the nominees. Last night, uh, uh, Governor Evers talked about Craig Thompson specifically, not really mentioning any of his other nominees, and I think he did that with intent. He mentioned Craig Thompson, right. the nominee for Department of Transportation, saying that this is a guy who can work across the aisle. Uh, maybe, but I think there were a lot of uh, fiscal hawks who have looked at that nomination, that nominee, and said, this is a guy who has you know, spent a long time lobbying for the road builders in this state. Will he ultimately represent the best interest of the taxpayers? Uh, your thoughts on Craig Thompson, just as uh, you know, the Senate Majority Leader, but the thoughts of your caucus. How do you feel about this lobbyist being nominated for this very powerful position? Yeah, I think, you know, many people that have worked in and around the Capitol uh, know Craig, and they've known him for years because he both uh, sure. worked for the counties and then moved on to um, to TDA. So everyone's very familiar with him. Good guy, very smart guy, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But he did uh, represent these special interests for many years, and I started to hear immediately from a number of members that were very nervous about that. Now, it's not unprecedented that somebody would go out, work in the private sector, actually lobby, and then come back in and, and hold a position where public policy is developed. So I'm not going to pretend that it's never happened before under previous administrations. But in this instance, my biggest concern and my biggest worry is once kind of the temperature is turned up on the transportation budget, and it's going to get hot. I mean, this is going to be something that is going to receive a lot of debate and discussion. And we've got a number of different areas that we're going to have to address, whether it's open road tolling, certainly the gas tax, vehicle registration, title increase. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be on the table when it comes to revenue. Um, I've got a certain group of senators um, that kind of emerged over the last couple of cycles that are still searching for kind of ways to tighten down that transportation budget. They still are convinced that there's just too much spending, and um, misdirected spending is probably a, a good way of describing it. And, and we'll see how far along they've come. Now we have made changes. Um, you know, some of some of those initiatives over the last couple budgets probably help us. Uh, and I think you could make the case have moved us in the right direction when it comes to the transportation fund. But overall, there's a lot there's a lot going on. So, you know, with a conferee like Craig Thompson. Uh, you know, it might not be too hot right now, and I'm sure he'll, uh, you know, do those visits and make his rounds with all the senators and have time to meet with them and talk about transportation. 
Um, I'm just a little worried in the back of my mind that if things get too hot, it's going to be difficult, I think, to get the votes to to get him through. But, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm going to be meet, meeting with Craig soon, and, uh, you know, that'll kind of kick off, I think, his um, his ability to kind of make the case that he's the right guy and at the right time here. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. He's going to make the case, of course, and I know that you have often said you're, you're not going to uh, – necessarily talk about where the vote stands until you get all of the information uh, and you have been clear about that as long as you've been Senate Majority Leader. When you have the votes, you go. Um, and and that, that goes back to the process that we have had and used for many years here in the Senate where these conferees make their way, kind of sit down with individual legislators, make the case, answer the questions. And then if there's a level of comfort with that conferee, that's obviously when you move forward with the standing committees so they can kick these uh, names out to the full Senate. And then we, um, you know, we, I wait until it's kind of just right and, and then we calendar them and we, and we bring them to the full Senate for a vote. Um, sometimes that process can happen very quickly. Other times it's lagged, you know, months. If not, I know there's individuals we just never were able to confirm. And then with um, probably the latest example was elections and ethics, where we took up a couple of individuals and they were actually voted down. Right. So it uh, it has happened. It does happen. And um, But the process has served us well. All right. Uh, final question on uh, the state of the state address <coughs> and kind of what we learned where this administration is headed. I want to go back to this painting, this dire picture of people constantly being left behind over the last eight years and all these sorts of things. And I, I expressed it this way. I think my colleague Chris Rochester did the same on Twitter last night. It, it almost felt like an alternate universe. I mean, take a look at the numbers. Eight years of budget surpluses doing that while uh, providing eight plus billion dollars in tax relief. Uh, you take a look at unemployment rate at uh, 10 months straight, 3% lower. You talk about the poverty rate down by two percentage points and so many good paying jobs out there, there aren't enough people to fill them. That's a good problem to have in an uh, economy, but as your colleague, Senator Alberta Darling, noted last night, this is an economy. This is an economy that doesn't need fixing, it needs fanning. Um, can you speak to the governor's interpretation? Is it all politics to push uh, what we have seen, some of these agenda choices and ideas uh, coming from the bigger government side of things? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a product of this last election cycle related to the gubernatorial where I think there were many voters that voted for change just for the sake of change, mm -hmm. uh, which is why Governor Walker's probably uh, wasn't reelected. Uh, still close election, but probably, you know, that, that was kind of the edge. So to some extent, Governor Evers has to kind of make the case that there's a reason I'm here. And, um, you know, he starts with bipartisanship and always ends with, well, there's, you know, let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. You know, we, we've, we've had our sleeves rolled up. We've, we've been doing the heavy lifting for the last eight years. Uh, and it's been tough. I mean, it's been difficult. Um, 
you know, I, I go back to the deficit that we saw under Governor Doyle when we took over in 2010. I mean, those were some ominous days when we finally gained full control, both the Senate and the Assembly, and Governor Walker was elected. Uh, you know, Act 10 um, was obviously a monumental shift for the state and, and caused, you know, a huge public policy discussion and debate throughout the state that still exists today. But there were many other changes we made in reducing red tape, increasing the amount of light manufacturing jobs, which had been starting to dwindle going back to 08. Um, and then, you know, agriculture and tourism. I mean, two of the other, those big three sectors have all come back and come back strong. Agriculture has been cyclical, you know, kind of goes up and down. Mm -hmm. But still, it's, um, it's something that I think the Republicans uh, can continue to stand there and say, listen, we, we have done this and we have put us in a great position. And, and I think we've been rewarded uh, through the elections uh, by increasing our uh, majorities in both the Senate and the Assembly. It's interesting you, you mentioned those three areas of the economy, two of them, manufacturing and agriculture. And what does this new governor want to do? He says, well, yeah, I'll, I'll do a middle income tax relief package. But I'm not going to use the surplus dollars, the $588 million, to do that. I'm going to take away from what has been really, by every measure, a truly successful tax reduction plan. That's, of course, the manufacturing and agriculture tax credit. 42,000 jobs created over a three-year period. You know, and most of the benefit, whether that's in the governor's speech or not, or what the left wants to push, yeah. most of that benefit going to small businesses and farmers. And now he wants to seemingly penalize them for that. I, I, I do want to get your thoughts on that approach to tax relief and whether that's a non-starter for Republicans. Well, this, is, this has been a thorn in the Democrats' side since it was enacted. Yeah. And it's every two years you continue to hear kind of this, oh my gosh, if we would just eliminate the manufacturer exemption, everything would be great. <laughs> and it, it, it never stops. And now you've got somebody standing at the podium of the state of the state address saying, once again, we're gonna double down on this idea that if we could just tax corporations and specifically light manufacturing more in this state, oh, and by the way, all of these, um, they never say farmers, it's always about ag yeah. and the ag industry. Uh, then we could solve all these other parts of the budget. And uh, it's not based in fact. Uh, it's one of the big lies that continues to be rolled out every two years. And uh, certainly Governor Evers didn't, didn't disappoint last night. Talking with Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald, this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. And just one final point on that. We're talking about tax relief. I thought it was a quite frankly, a page from the Bill Clinton manual of 1996 yeah. when the Assembly Republicans came out last week and said, here is our plan. It's the Tony Evers tax relief plan. Uh, he, he, you know, they, they uh, effectively, with the messaging, kind of co-opted that, as Clinton did, remember, with welfare and all of this other stuff. Right. But it's still the Republican plan. It still is based on the successes, uh, what Governor Walker used to call, you know, the, uh, what, the, the dividend, the, the payoff from the, right. the success dividend. Right. Um, there is a question, and I'm curious where the Senate stands on this, what mem the members of your caucus feel about it. 
using the surplus, it's a much different issue than, than penalizing you know, a whole group of businesses out there mm -hmm. to pay for this tax concern. The issue is moving forward. Will you be able to pay for it? And is there any discussion from the Senate about saying, okay, we, we maybe agree with this, but we're going to have to cut government expenses while we're doing this at the same time? Sure. I mean, that's that's been kind of the classic debate that's emerged in each and every budget so far is, uh, are you adding to the structural deficit as you continue to move? You know, like I said, I'm reminded all the time by a couple members, one-time money for ongoing expenses is not a good formula. So sometimes what we've been able to do, and, and again, I think the focus in Wisconsin is always, always going to be the income tax. And, and it's kind of, you know, if you can make any progress in that area, go ahead and grab it. Go ahead and do it, uh, no matter how minuscule it is. Because, you know, just as the income tax creeped over 50 years, most of the time under Democrat rule, uh, you know, under the Republicans, we've been continually trying to dial that down. Mm -hmm. So on the expenditure side, you try and, you know, as we say, you know, starve the beast and continue to reduce the revenues. And I think... We've had good success with that. A couple of uh, members of the legislature, specifically uh, now he's in the Senate, Dale Kuyenga, it's been one of his um, kind of premier focuses over the last uh, eight years. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Well, you've been very generous with the time. We certainly do appreciate it, but we don't want you to get away before we bring to you the section of MacGyver Newsmakers that's sweeping the nation. And if you need proof, you just ask State Representative Joe Sanfilippo how fun this is. We call it Five Fast Questions. You don't have to give it a lot of thought. They may or may not relate to politics, but are you ready for Five Fast Questions? I am. All right, first one. Are you a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll, or are you all of the above? I would say both. Classic rock and Certainly tune into country when I have a chance. All right, very good. This one's a little bit on the serious side, but uh, and I asked this of Representative San Filippo. I like to ask this question of folks who've been around for a long time and the body of work that you've put together. What is, in your estimation, the most important piece of legislation that you have either signed or championed? I authored the ban on partial birth abortion, and I still believe that as a result of that, um, Every clinic in the state was shut down for about a one-week period, and uh, probably if if you if you looked at many different pieces of legislation, I don't think anything anything had an immediate impact like that bill. Mm, indeed, who is your hero within politics? Without a matter, uh, my dad, my dad Steve Fitzgerald, who started out as Dodge County Sheriff in 1988, then moved on to become the U.S. Marshal in the Western District. Mm -hmm and then finished his career as the superintendent of the state patrol in Wisconsin. All right, fourth question. Do you have Evers fever? I do not. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, all the Republicans say the same thing on that. <laughs> and final question for you, paper or plastic? Uh, paper. Okay, paper. fair enough. And that's it. That's five fast questions. That was time. easy. Yeah. That was a layup. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. It's the good stuff. But that's these are the important uh, facts that we really want to know, of course, right. about leadership right. at the Capitol. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it, particularly in this time of divided government. It is yep. so important to uh, get the perspective of the people uh, who are leading the charge out there, and, and we do uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Good to be with you. You bet. That is Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald. Joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers, I'm Matt Kittleman.